Hey, this is Pastor Matt. I hope you enjoyed this podcast and we pray it speaks to you in a life-changing way. Amen. If you have your Bible, grab it this morning. We're going to jump right into the Word. Grab your Bible. It's the best-selling book in the history of the world, that Bible is, that you have on your lap today. And, and uh, it's something that we need to read and put it inside of us and grow in it in the Word of God. It is a true, living, life-changing Word of God, and uh, we're going to look into it for a few moments this morning. Now, I told you today's going to be a little different, and it is. Today I'm going to, you ever, you ever go to school and you go into class and the teacher says something like, today we're going to have class participation. Anyone ever had that happen? It means the class participates. It's not just a lecture, but it's participation. And I have never, ever that I can remember done this before on a Sunday morning. But today we're going to have some participation. Fingers crossed. Some participation uh, from you, okay? And, and because the word that God gave me, it just, it, it really, I can, I can teach. Have you, have you ever known that you can teach on things and you can read things and I can tell you stories from the Bible, but oftentimes someone can tell their story and it, it means more than what maybe a story you'd read in the Bible. And that's strange. It shouldn't be that way maybe. But it, when, when you hear people telling their stories, it brings this story to life. And, and today, I, I just want to talk for a few moments on this subject, the same God. The same God. How many truly believe, now you don't have to raise your hand on this, but I want us to think about it. How many truly believe we serve the same God today as we read about in the Bible? The same God that we read of in the Bible, the same God that we read these stories in the Bible and go, wow, it's so amazing, I can't believe that would happen. That's almost unbelievable, except we serve this God who's an unbelievable God, and, and it's so unbelievable, but, but really we serve that same God today. We, we really do, and we need to believe this. We need to understand this. We need to believe it with our whole heart. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8. Hebrews 13, verse 8. Talking about Jesus Christ. And it says this, Jesus Christ is. Everyone say is. That's a, that's a big two-letter word in this verse. Jesus Christ is. Because that means present tense. That's not past tense and it's not even future. He is today. Jesus Christ is the same. Yesterday, today, and forever. He's the same yesterday, and we all hear stories of yesterday. Go, oh, that's so great. He's the same yesterday. He's the same right now. And tomorrow when you wake up, if you wake up, he will be the same God then. God, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And, and, and I know we say it, and I know we read it, and, and I know we, we quote it, and we have it on plaques, and, and we go, yeah, we serve the same God, but do we really... Do we really believe God's the same yesterday, today, and forever? According to what God said in Hebrews, we serve the same God that they served in the Bible. The same God that, these, that, that we see in the Bible, that so many authors wrote about in the Bible and experienced in the Bible, we serve that same God 
today in the book of Malachi chapter 3, verse 6, God himself says, I am God, which he proclaims pretty well. I am God. But then he goes on to say, I do not change. The God you knew then is the God you know now. The God that we read about in the Bible is the same God we serve, uh, serve today. So if he is today who he was then, if God is, now if we truly believe this, if God is today who he was then, then that same God can do today as he did then. Uh, if he didn't change, and we're serving the same God today as they served then, then he can do the same things today as he did, as he did then. That's the God that we serve. This is how we prove just about everything, by the way. About, about everything is proven, and the validity, validity of everything is proven by, by what has happened or what's been done. This is how we, we prove things. We prove something to be real. I've done it before, so I can do it again. I've seen someone do it before, so I know I can do it today. It's how we prove something. And you know, growing up, how many remembers like growing up, and you may have been like over at this creek or something, and, and a tree was falling across, and you was going, I don't know if I want to go across it. I don't know if I want to. We're all standing there. I remember growing up. I grew up in West Virginia. I just came back from there, so it's fresh in my mind. And, and, and we grew up. I, we played outside. Like, I had friends who had video games, and I, I had video games, but my mom and dad was like, you're not going to get to sit inside and do nothing. You get outside. I, don't, I think it was just they didn't really want to be around me. But, you know, you get outside and play. And, and we would go outside and we'd play, and we'd run through the woods because that's where we lived. And, and we would, you know, a tree would be across a creek or a gully, and we would go, let's cross it. And was, everyone was like, no. And then finally someone. We go, I think it'll hold us, right? That's famous last words. I think it'll hold us. And they get up and they cross it. And as soon as one person would cross it, the rest of us would be like, oh, well, if Bobby could cross it, I can cross it. It's, it kind of proved to us it was possible because of what we had seen, what we just experienced. About everything is that way in life. About every. How many of us can, can relate? You know, maybe you played... Maybe you played baseball growing up or softball growing up, and, and finally one day you got a hold of one and you sent it and it went over the fence and all of a sudden you realized, hey, I can hit a home run. Or, or maybe it would have been more simple. Maybe you finally hit one and you skipped it through between you know, shortstop and third and you got to a second base. You went, I hit a double. Now I know I can't actually do that. I remember coaching when our kids were younger and seeing these little kids and when they realized they could do it, when they realized it was possible, all their confidence began to grow. All of a sudden they realized, I can hit the ball. I don't have to fall out of the batter's box every time the pitch comes in. I can actually stand in there and I can get a hold of it and I can hit it or I can catch the ball when it comes to it. I can actually do that. And their confidence will begin to grow because of their experience or what they've seen or what they've participated in. It's how we prove things. Can you imagine the day the Wright brothers flew? I mean, I, I think back about that time in history and go, well, that would have been something to have seen and experienced. Everyone around the world basically was going, yeah, I don't know if people can fly. I don't know if this thing's possible. But as soon as they broke the barrier and they broke through that ceiling and now all of a sudden flying is possible, everyone else was like, well, if they can do it, if they can do it, 
now that it's been proven, we can do it. If they can do it, we can do it. We can build a better plane. Now we have jet engines, and now, you know, it's amazing what we're able to do, but somewhere, sometime, somebody said, oh, I think this can happen, and they proved it. And now that it's proven, we can now accept it. When I think of God, I, you know, we, we accept things and we go, oh, now it's, the validity is there because it's been proven. We know it's true because it's been proven. And, and I think of God, God and his character and his attributes and his ability to work miracles, they are proven. They are proven. They're proven by what he's done in the past. They're proven by the stories we read. They're proven by the stories that we tell. They're proven by the stories that we hear. They're proven by what he has done. It's not just this mythical God's this great God who sits on the throne. He's the creator of the universe. And can he work miracles? Yes. Does he? I don't really know. No, it's not that way. No, it's not that way at all. He has proven that he does. He has proven that he can. He's proven that he will. God is that God. And he's already proven this to us. He's already proven it to us. And really, I read this, I don't know why I ever doubt. I don't know why I doubt when I know that God has already proven this. I think we tend to forget. I just think we tend to forget the miracles of God. I think we tend to forget what God has done, the works of God, the things that he has done for us, the miracles that he has done in our lives, the the ways that he has provided for us, I think we tend to, we tend to forget. One, one reason that David had such great confidence when he faced Goliath, it wasn't that David, and he was probably a pretty good shot with a slingshot, but it wasn't that he was such a great shot with his sling. The reason he had such great confidence was because he remembered the miracles that God had brought prior to. You remember the story, right? He, he was getting ready to go face Goliath, this giant, and they were telling him he can't do it. He couldn't do it. And, and David said, well, when the bear attacked, God gave me the victory. And the lion attacked, and God gave me the victory. And now this Philistine giant's no different to me. If they attacked and God gave me the victory, he's attacking and God can give us the victory because he has proven himself over time. The reason he had such great confidence was just like when we were crossing the, the, the creek on that tree. The reason that I would cross with confidence is because I've already seen, I would let everyone else go, by the way, before me. He's like, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. And I'd see everyone else cross. Then I would have the confidence that would hold me, and I too could cross. And David was just saying, I have the confidence because of what God's already done. He's already proven himself over and over and, 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 I, and I know this, right? And David was young, and I know he was young, and the reason I know he was young is because he remembered it, right? Some of you are like, I can't remember what I did yesterday. I, I think David, his confidence just grew as God proved himself. And he continued to remember. You know, God knew we would struggle, by the way, remembering things. I know this because... One of the last things Jesus did with his disciples when he was eating the Last Supper, you remember this story? He's eating the Last Supper, and he said, Take, eat, this is my body. Drink this, it's my blood. And he said, And when you do it, I want you to remember this. 
I want you to remember why you're doing it. I want you to do this regularly because I want you to remember the body that was broken and the blood that was shed. The most basic and most important part of the gospel, Jesus thought, you're going to forget this. So to keep you from forgetting, I want you to do this so you can remember what this is all about. Because I think even Jesus was going, you're going to forget. You're going to get caught up in life and you're going to get caught up doing things. And you're going to get caught up in, in, in the freedom now that you have and, and, and now that God has, you know, has changed us, we kind of forget. And, and he said, I don't ever want you to forget why you have freedom. I don't want you to ever forget why you have forgiveness. It's through the body and the blood and I want you to do this in remembrance of me, in remembrance of this moment, in remembrance of what it's about because we just tend to forget. Jesus, in Matthew chapter 14, Jesus feeds 5,000 people. It was an awesome miracle. I would have loved to have seen it. Just a real quick refreshing on, on this story. He has 5,000 people. They're all there. They're listening. They're getting hungry. The disciple says, Jesus, they're getting hungry. And Jesus says, feed them. He says, and they say, we don't have anything to feed them with. And Jesus says, what do you have? And he says, they say, a few fish and a few loaves. And if you know the story, Jesus blessed it, broke it, and he fed 5,000 people. And it was such an awesome story. It's one of the, one, maybe one or two miracles in the entire, that's in all four Gospels. Of all the miracles, and there's a lot of them that Jesus did, there's only like a couple recorded in all four Gospels. This is one of them. Now, that's in chapter 14. In chapter 15, it's a crazy story. Some of you don't even know this story exists. In chapter 15, one chapter later, he has another large crowd around him. They say this time about 4,000. 5,000 men, 20,000 they would estimate was there initially. Now they have 4,000 men, maybe 15 to 18,000 people there. He now has 4,000 men plus others. And the disciples, this is crazy, one chapter later, the disciples come up to Jesus and they go, they're hungry. In fact, Jesus even went, hey, these people are hungry. We need to do something. And the disciples went, <laughs> now get this. One chapter later, he just fed 5,000. Now there's 4,000. One chapter later, the disciples go, <laughs> we don't have anything to feed them with. You, you know if you're Jesus, you'd have to look at them and go, what is wrong with you? Like, do you not remember we were just over there in a field the other day and we fed 5,000 with nothing. And today we're here and we have 4,000. And as soon as I say we need to feed them, their initial response is like, we, don't, we can't do it. We don't have what it takes. We don't have enough. What are we going to do? And, and Jesus, it's a true story. Read it at your own time. Jesus says, what do you have? The exact thing he did one chapter earlier. The exact answer, basically, we have a few loaves of fish, and, I mean a few fish and a few loaves of bread. That's like meatloaf for fish, right? Uh, we, we have, that would be gross. We, we have some fish and some loaves, and, and Jesus said, bring them to me. And I think right then it reminded them. In my mind, I see the disciples going, oh, that's right. That's right. I think by then, there's when you've got to watch what he's getting ready to do. This is the most awesome thing. And he, he divides it up, multiplies it, and he, and he feeds 4,000 people. And it's a, 
I said all that to say this. It's amazing how quickly they forgot the things that God has done. It's amazing how quickly we forget. We were sitting in a group the other day, and someone was talking about a miracle that Jesus has done right here in this church. And, and I was sitting there, and I was like, well, I don't even know if I ever heard that before. And, and, I, and I know I had to have the dumbest look on my face because I was just going, no, what? And they said it, and I'm like, really? That's, that's unbelievable. That's awesome. I can't, and I, I'm sure I've heard the story. I just kind of forgot about it. We kind of forget what God has done. God knew that was going to happen. That's why he said things like, hey, do this in remembrance of me. That's why in Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 9, God says this, be on guard. Be on guard. Guard and be diligent. Watch yourselves so that you don't forget the things your eyes have seen and so they don't slip from your mind as long as you live. Watch yourself. Guard yourself so you don't forget what your eyes have seen, your ears have heard. Watch yourselves. Don't forget. Don't forget. Don't let it slip from your mind. Don't let it slip from your memory banks, the things that God has done. I'm convinced if God has done it before, this kind of gets crazy for some of us. I'm convinced if God's done it before, he can still do it today. I believe we serve the same God. I believe we serve the same God. If he's done miracles before, he can do them today. But we need to remember the miracles that he has done before. We need to remember those miracles. We need to take time to think about those miracles. We need to take time to think about the things that God has done. And if he's done it before, why couldn't he do it today? Why couldn't he do it today? Well, I know I've heard of people being healed, but I don't know. No, no, no. If God has healed before, he can heal today. Why not? If God has provided before, he can provide today. Why wouldn't he do that for you? Do you think God doesn't like you enough to do these things? Of course, he, he loves us. He is madly in love with us. He, he has poured everything he has out for us. Why wouldn't he want to do that for us? We serve a good God, a loving God who cares for us. And he wants the best for us. And if he's done it before, he will do it again. We have to believe that. We have to believe that with our whole heart. If, if he has healed before and he could heal before, he can heal again. If he, if he could provide before, he could provide again. If he could deliver before, he could deliver again. If, if he could save your lost children and you've seen that happen before, and he could bring the prodigal son home before, he can do it again. That's the God who we serve today. We serve the God who's able. We serve the God who's able. You know, God told Joshua, before he crossed over into the promised land, he said, Joshua, as I was with Moses, so will I be with you. Over a dozen times, God referred to himself as, I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Over a dozen times. Really what God was doing was going, I want to remind you of who I am. Not just so you can remember the stories of old, but so you can understand I'm still that God today. And you need me today. Like I, I enjoy the stories of old, I really do, but I need God today. I need not just the God of yesterday, I need the God of today. I, and, I, and, I, and there's peace in knowing, and there's hope in knowing, 
and, and my, grace, my faith can grow in knowing that the same God that was then is the same God that is today, and the things that he did then he can still do, do today. God split the sea for Moses. Later he splits the river for Joshua. The God I was for Moses, Joshua, I'll be for you. Today he may be saying, the God I was for Joshua, Frisco, I'll be for you. The God I was for your grandmother and your grandfather. The God I was in 1900 when the Spirit of God was being poured out. The God I was in the stories that you've heard, I will be for you. That's the God that I am. I do not change. I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. I do not change. I was and I am and I always will be. That's the God who we serve today. That's the God that we are all about today. And He's on your side and He loves you. And He wants, he wants the best for you. Psalms chapter 68, verse 28. I want to wrap up here in just a moment. Psalms 68, verse 28. In the NIV, I'm reading it. It says, Summon your power, O God. Show us your strength as you have done before. Show us your strength. Show us your strength, not for the first time, but show us your strength as you have done before. Show me who you are, God. Show me who you are today like you've done before. Show me, show me who you are today like the stories that I've heard all my life. All of those things that I've heard, all of those things that, that have been told, show me today that God. Show me that miraculous God. The stories I hear of the miracles, show me that today. The, the stories that I hear of, of some, a child they've been praying for and they finally came home, show me that story today, God. I need that God today. I need that God to show up in my life. What, what should we do? What should we do? Real quickly, if you're taking notes, you need to write this down. Number one, we need to remember God's work or remember the works of God. We've got to remember them. We've got to take time to remember them. Number two, we need to rehearse them. Just like, not just remember them, but we need to rehearse them in our mind and not forget. It's one thing to just all of a sudden remember something. It's another thing to rehearse it. Number three, we need to recite it. Recite the works of God. In other words, tell them, I need to remember them, I need to rehearse them in my own mind, and when I get opportunity, I need to recite them. I need to, I need to tell others what God has done. On occasion, we might remember, and on occasion, we might rehearse, but eventually, we need to now tell someone else about that, to tell someone else the works of God, to tell someone else what God has done and how he showed up and how he did the miraculous.